Let's pray. Set us afire, Lord. Stir us, we pray. While the world perishes, we go on our way purposeless, passionless, day after day. Set us afire, Lord. Stir us, we pray. Father, we're glad to come in your presence. We're delighted that you have invited us here to meet with you. Teach us, bless us, set us on fire, delight us with your word. And we're so thankful for your grace, your mercy, such unfathomable love that we can be part of. Oh, Lord, we want to rest in your peace. And we love you for it. And we praise you for our victory. In Jesus' name, amen. What a mighty God we serve, amen? And I would like for us to read, well, I will read it in your hearing. The quote on the back of your bulletin from Review and Herald, May 6th. And it says, it is the love of Christ that makes our heaven. But when we seek to tell of this love, language fails us. We think of this life on earth, of his sacrifice for us. We think of this work in heaven as our advocate, of the mansions he is preparing for those who love him. And we can but exclaim, oh, the heights and depths of the love of Christ. As we linger beneath the cross, we gain a faint conception of the love of God. And, and we say, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. But in our contemplation of Christ, we are only lingering round the edge of a love that is measureless. His love is like a vast ocean without bottom or shore. His love is like an ocean. You know that song, we've got love like an ocean. We've got, you know that song? Love like an ocean. We've got love like an ocean in our hearts. Yes, it's wonderful. And how about deep and wide? There's a deep and wide his love is like an ocean. And how about this one? Deep, deep, deep as the high, high, high as the wide, wide, wide as the ocean blue is Jesus' love for and me. Isn't that good news? We can't even explain about God's love because it is more vast than an ocean. So I want to talk with you about love like an ocean. God's love is, like Mrs. White says, it is like a vast ocean. It is deep and wide. Our oceans cover 70, 71% of our world. 71%. There are 328 million cubic miles of ocean. His love is so deep and wide. I went to Australia a few years ago and we flew from Los, Los Angeles. We flew 14 hours over the ocean, 14 hours, 14 hours, 14 hours with no ground under us. 
flying at 500, over 500 miles an hour. Over 500 miles an hour. It took us 14 hours over water. God's love is wider than that. Isn't that good news? Couple um, in July, I went to Johannesburg from Atlanta. 15 hours. 15 hours. We flew 15 hours over water. God's love is wider than that. Flying over 500. Can you imagine? Five, 15 hours. That's most of a day, amen? We went through all kinds of time zones. And so, in fact, I left one day and got back the day before. Isn't that wonderful? God's love is deep and wide. When I went to Australia, I left on my birthday. I left on my birthday and I got there on my birthday. So I had my birthday for a whole long time. It was wonderful. But it's also deep. As tall as Mount Everest is. Mount Everest is the tallest mountain above ground, amen? There are depths in the ocean that if you took Mount Everest and put it in the Mariana Trench, it would cover Mount Everest for a mile. That much ocean. It is that deep. You know when the Bible says that he will throw our sins down to the... You can't swim down there and go get it. Glory to God. Amen. No one can get down there and get my, dig my sins up. His, his love is both deep and wide. We can, we can expect grand things from our God because his love is so vast to us. There was a woman who came in. She came into her pastor's study being, bringing a, a bucket of sand, just a small bucket, a small bucket of wet sand. A small bucket of wet sand probably has how many grains of sand? Oh, my goodness. We wouldn't even be able to count them. Amen? You know, the Bible says that he knows every, he can count all the sand. Well, anyway, she brought in one bucket of sand, and she said, Pastor, Pastor, I know I have every grain of sand in this bucket represents all the sins that I have. I know I can't be saved. I have gone through too much stuff. She's boohoo crying. The pastor just leaned back in his chair and he smiled at her and he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. I want you to take that bucket of sand down to the ocean. And I want you to take a shovel with you. Dump that sand there. And I want you to dig as much sand as you want. Make it a big pile and then sit and watch. And it dawned on her, no matter how high she dug the sand, what was going to happen? It would be washed away. Because the ocean is so vast, it is a nothing thing for all the sand. I, it's, it tickles me that every year they are always building sandbanks over there on the, on the Pacific side. <laughs> and they buy sand from other, other states to bring down here. Because every year it gets washed away. Amen. Our sins, because of his vastness, because of the greatness of his love, it's deep and wide, and it's a non-thing for him. 
at the cross, he washed away our sins. Amen? Because his love is deep and wide. But God's love is not just deep and wide. God's love is also mysterious and unfathomable. His ways, Isaiah 55 says, his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't understand the vastness of God's love. They asked a question in our Sabbath school this um, today. And is how, if we're, uh, we're, many are called and few are chosen. How can you know if you're chosen? I don't know. I just believe that he has all, he's chosen all of us and our choices to follow him or not. I don't try to figure out all that stuff. Remember Job's story? Job tried to ask him all kinds of stuff and God said, wait, baby, before you even start, before I even start answering your questions, let's do some basics. Do you know how deep the ocean is? Can you catch a whale with a hook? Do you know where he came from? Do you, and he asked him all these questions, just basic questions. He said, I, never mind, God, I will only trust in you. And so bottom line is because his ways are higher than mine, I don't even go into certain questions. I just believe this, for God so loved Wanda that he gave his only begotten son, amen? That if Wanda believes in him, she will not perish but have what? Because he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but so that Wanda, so that you can be saved. Isn't that good news? So I don't, I don't try to figure it out. I don't even care. Jesus said it. The word said it. He says, I am complete in Christ. See, that's my favorite verse. I have three very favorite verses. Colossians 2.10 says, you are complete in him. What did I say? I am what? What does complete mean? That means it's the whole fix done. Amen. 100%. It says that. And then my second one that I put with that one is 1 John 3.20 that says, Beloved, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart and knows all things. So even when Wanda starts or you start believing, well, but I'm not saved, and I can't be, and I'm, but I messed up, and I, my motives were wrong. Get over yourself. Don't believe yourself. Don't believe you. God is greater than your heart who will say, because your heart is desperately wicked. Isn't that what it says? Don't believe your heart. Believe me, for God so loved you. What? That whosoever, I believe you said that for me? So, and then my, this Hebrews 10, 14, I saw it in the Sabbath school lesson. Y'all need to come to Sabbath school. Sabbath school is rich because you learn so much. But in Sabbath school, I learned this text, Hebrews 10, 14. I better read it to you because you all won't believe me. Because this thing is so radical, you're not going to believe it unless I read it to you. Hebrews 10, 14, it says, in my NIV, it says, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I read it. It's right there. With one, by the one offering, he has perfected how long? What, how long is forever? 
forever? He has perfected to the end of Sabbath school or end of church and you go in the line and eat more cheese? <laughs> no. He is perfected forever. Those are being sanctified. Anybody here being sanctified? Amen. I hope so. That's why y'all came, because you're being sanctified. It says that you are already perfected forever. Is that good news? Is that awesome? I think it is. It set me free. I'm perfected forever because I'm in the process of being sanctified. So I'm complete and I'm incomplete at the same time, but I like the completeness as I move. You know, grace, his ways are so unfathomable that, see, in our world, when you get a job, you go to work. And after two weeks, they pay you for working, right? Hopefully, they pay you in two weeks. <laughs> You're hoping by faith that they will pay you in two weeks after you start working. But that's not the way grace works. Grace works like this. You are mine. I'm paying you completely. Here it is. It's yours. Now go work. What? He pays me first. He says, you are fully mine. Now go live in that. Absolutely, his ways are higher than our ways. And it boggles our mind because that's not the way we do work. And so I went on a cruise to the Bahamas with my sister. She's my traveling buddy. And my sister has money. I don't. And so she upgraded us to a balcony. She said when I walked into that balcony, she said she cracked up because for I said it about 14 times. Wow! Wow! I mean, they got space. The balcony was about this. I mean, the, that room was about this long, and there were two beds in it. You could walk around. See, I'm used to the one that's inside, you know, with no windows. Where you go in, you get in between the bed like this. It had, I mean, I could have gotten in the floor and done sit-ups and push-ups and all those things with all the space. It was amazing. Window up. It was, uh, wow. And then it had a balcony. I could go stand outside and look. I could walk on the back. I could sit with a chair and cross my leg and look at the ocean. It was amazing. I thought that was the most awesome thing. So, at night... When I would get up, I would go, and it was so mysterious. I would go, and you know, when I, I was astonished that the waves, when I'm gone to sleep, waves are still moving. Isn't that right? They, they, they keep on. And I was astonished when I was standing there at the balcony. And I'd be standing there. I said, you know what? If I jump off this balcony... None of y'all do that, right? <laughs> Don't. I said, if I jumped, it was dark. The water is dark. If I jump off this balcony, I will never be found. No one will find me. But then it struck me. But Wanda, if you jump off into the ocean of my love, you will never be lost. You got it? If you jump off this one, 
<laughs> Nobody's coming to get you. But if I jump off into his ocean of love, no one can ever remove me from that. Oh, I mean, it was delicious. But as I was looking down there, I said, now if I fell in there, if I fell in there, you know, there are all kinds of critters down there. But the ocean is so big that they have only discovered 10% of the critters they think that are down there. They found like 180 million things down there, but they've got, you know, there's, they've got millions and millions of stuff more down there because they've only discovered like 10% of the ocean. So I got tickled because I got folks that are afraid of sharks. Anybody here afraid of sharks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister who lives in Detroit is afraid of sharks. Does that make any sense? You live in Detroit, landlocked Detroit. Why, why, why bother being afraid of sharks, right? You need to be afraid of those folks with guns. <laughs> but anyway, folk are afraid of different things. So you're afraid of sharks, you're afraid of octopus, you're afraid of jellyfish, you're afraid of all kinds of stuff. But they've only found 10% of the critters down there. You don't even know what to be afraid of. There's so many things down there. Do you know they found a shark recently? That's a little bitty shark. They run in packs and they put holes, perfect holes in animals. I don't even know the name of it. I've looked it up once, but they're a pack of little bitty sharks. Were you afraid of him? No, you need to be afraid of that one more than a big shark. The ones that, but anyway, what I've learned is it's so mystery. It, it was like, why bother being afraid of anything? Because you don't know what to be afraid of in the first place, right? Why bother being afraid of anything? One of my neighbors, I went to see him, pray with him, because he's dying of cancer. He's got uh, stage four cancer. So I went over to see him, and we were visiting, and he said to me, I hope you don't mind. Mind what? And he's got a gun strapped on him. He's afraid that somebody's going to break into his house. And so he walks around in his house with a gun on. And I thought, how stupid is that? You're dying of cancer and you're afraid of somebody coming in the house. It's not going to be somebody coming in your house kills you. Cancer going to kill you. You can't shoot cancer. People are, I've got a friend who is, she rescues pit bulls, but she's afraid of clowns. Woman that who likes, I'm not afraid of sharks, I'm not afraid of going to the beach, but I'm afraid of crabs. You're afraid of, you're afraid of crabs? Why, why not be afraid of a whale? I'm not afraid of whales. You're not? They're big as this building, but you're afraid of a crab? I can get a, hit the crab, you can't hit no, you know what, but we choose our fears why be afraid of anything? Because you don't know what to be afraid of. You know, I found, and I'm going to have to do a whole sermon on it. There are 365 fear not texts in the Bible. One for every day. God says to us, don't be afraid. You can choose a different fear not text in scripture for every day. Why are you afraid? The fearful will not inherit eternity. We are in the most fearful and the most wonderful times in earth's history. Amen. 
oh my goodness, airplanes are falling down out of the sky, Ebola viruses, people breathe on you wrong, the water is a mess, the air is a mess, the children are a mess, the adults are a mess, the nursing home is a mess, the hospital is a mess. People die, oh, well, you have to hurry to get them out of the hospital because they might get sick and die because they came in the Oh dear, why be afraid to stay in the house? Oh no, you can't stay in there, all kinds of stuff wrong with your house. Why be afraid? We're going to have to learn. We must learn to walk by faith because the Bible says a thousand will fall here and 10,000 here. But I got you. I've got you. Either you believe it or you don't. And you walk around afraid. I got. I can go anywhere with Jesus because his ways are beyond my ways. His, he is so awesome. There was a church. It was a Sunday church at the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. And they had gotten, one of their church members had donated them some land and they built a new church. And so they were ready to move in 10 days. They were going to be moving in. And so the building inspector came and said, so sorry, you cannot move into this place because your parking lot is too small. Unless you get this parking lot enlarged and paved, you cannot move in. So the pastor called for church meeting, and he said after church, that Sunday night they were going to have prayer meeting. And he wanted, and that was a 300-member congregation, 300 members. He said, I want all of you to come back because we're moving into this church next week because our God is able he can do all, we can do all things through Christ. Amen? Y'all believe it? Then I hope everybody up in here is giving tithe and said amen. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, he called for prayer meeting and a whole 24 people came out and they prayed. They prayed for three hours. Lord, we plan. You've given this to us. Open the door, you fix it, you take care of this. We trust that nothing is too hard for you, and we want to dedicate this to, to you. So that week, the pastor was sitting in his study. He hears a knock on the door. Now, they had prayed, believing, trusting God is able. Somebody knocked on the door, and this burly man came, and he said, uh, can I help you? He said, yes, sir, you really could. He said, because they were backed up to a mountain and they couldn't move this mountain, the church. They had space, but it was all mountain. And so this man said, we are building a mall and we need some fill dirt. And we're wondering if we can remove dirt from your mountain. And we will pay you for the dirt. And for the amount of mountain we remove, we will pave it and make it a parking lot for you. And the pastor said, praise the Lord. <laughs> so not only did the mountain get moved, they parking lot got paved and they moved in that next Sunday. Amen. Glory to God. And so when the pastor called for mountain moving, praying again, a whole lot more folks showed up that time. 
because his ways are past finding out, mysterious and, uh, and unfathomable. You know, I'm always amazed at cruises. How many of y'all been on a cruise? You got to have faith to go on a cruise. Because I read that those ships weigh, with all of us on it and all our suitcases and all the stoves and all the food, over 70,000 tons. <laughs> that water is holding up 70,000 tons. You get on something that weighs 70,000 tons and go on the ocean. Is that deep? Yeah, that's deep. And yet that the water is so strong that it can hold up 70,000 tons. And yet we have seen in the news over and over that one wave a few years ago of 45, they were out in the ocean, a freak 45-foot wave jumped up and knocked the lady off the ship. Amen? Because a wave can cut a ship in half. What? We get on there by faith. One wave could either bring us down or keep us up. You know what? Everything you do is by faith. Grow in him. Amen? But God's love is deep and wide. God's love is mysterious, unfathomable. But God's love is always alive and moving. So when I woke up, and I would go stand and look over that balcony. The waves were always moving. And I read that there's 17 waves a minute. Wherever you go in the world, he's got them timed. The waves come in at a certain rate at all times. But when I am asleep, the Bible says that he neither sleeps nor slumbers. When I'm asleep, God is always working in my life. Even when I'm asleep, he's teaching me. I remember when Ben Carson went to sleep and woke up. And God told him in a dream how to separate those twins. Even when you're sleeping, God is working around you. You know, I don't even like to hear people ever say the devil's busy. Don't even say it. Don't even, don't give him any credit. Don't, death. Your God is more active and more busy in your life than anyone else in your life. Isn't that good news? Because he is alive and moving. Don Schneider, one of our past president, he's told a story a while back about a, a woman who was praying for her husband. <laughs> he was praying, a woman praying for her husband, and they were having a, a tent meeting. And she invited him to come. I'm not coming. Oh, please, honey. She was praying for her husband. Please come, honey. And he never would come. And so one day, <laughs> she was at the meeting, and she had her cell phone in her purse, and she bumped her purse. Did y'all read that in the focus? She bumped her purse, and it call, called her husband at home. And so he picked up the phone, but she didn't know it had called her, called him. So he was sitting there listening to the whole sermon by cell phone. He heard the whole thing. And when he got home, he said, honey, I heard the whole thing. Let's talk about the sermon. Talked about it and the man got baptized. Amen? Amen. Because our God is always working. Uh, David Wilkerson told the story of, um, remember some of you of my generation, remember Jesus Christ Superstar? 
David Wilkerson was just incensed about it. And he would go fuming, upset about that all the time because how do these hippies on, on marijuana high and everything doing this play and it was offensive and God, you know, I, they said, don't look at it. And he was a fussing all the time about it. Well, today, the place where they did that play time, is now Times Square Church. And the young man that played Jesus Christ accepted Jesus Christ and is now a believer. Amen? Because God is always moving. So even the things that are upsetting me and offending me, God is at work in those things. You don't need to stay, stay all upset about stuff. You can give it to him because what I've learned in the hospital is when you pray for folks, God sends an angel that follows them around. Amen? When you pray, because you heard the story of the missionary. Remember the story of the missionary who was out in Africa and they were going through the bush and these guys were coming to kill them, but they could not. And they made it to their destination. They didn't even know there were folks out there to kill them. And they were at a meeting later on and they met these guys and they said, you are the ones that were in the bush. We were going to kill you. Tell us the story. And he said, well, we were going to kill you. We were going to rob you and all that stuff. And he said, but we, when we came to you, there were 26 strong men all around you and we couldn't get to you. You remember that story? 26 men. And the man was amazed. When he got back to stateside, he was telling the folks in the church about it. And the pastor said, when did this happen? And he told him when he said, we were praying for you. How many folk were praying for you? And the, in the congregation, 26 people stood up. Prayer is mysterious, but it's always at work. When you pray for your children, it will follow them around. And they will try to do something, and the angels say, stop it. Don't even do it. Get a flat tire. <laughs> I was trying so hard. Really. And they keep going and keep getting lost. Can't make it there. Your job is to pray for them, not beat them up with the word. Don't, don't beat them up. Just keep praying. Because when you do, God sends angels because he is always alive and moving. He does not sleep nor slumber. There was a, I'll have to tell you my, I guess I'll tell you my ministry story. How many of y'all have heard my ministry story? <laughs> Besides Judy. You've heard it. So that means all y'all haven't. So you need to hear my ministry story. When I was in Oregon, God taught me about being a Christian and taught me about being a chaplain. I've been a chaplain for 30 years now. It's wonderful. I love it like it's the first day of work. When I go there, it's, it's a delight after 30 years because they pay me to pray. I would do it for free, but don't tell them. <laughs> I like getting a check. <laughs> I get paid to go see God at work in people's lives. But I didn't know it was so much fun until after 11 years of being a chaplain when God taught me how to be a chap good chaplain. 
and he used my four-year-old son to teach me how. The reason why he gives you children is to teach you about himself, not for you to make little clones of yourself. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, except you become converted and become like them, you can't enter. It does not say unless they become converted and become like you. It doesn't say that. So my four-year-old son came and asked me the question that I always hated for my kids to ask me. And that question was, Mommy, can I help? I hate for them to ask me that. Y'all know why? Because anything that you ask help me to do is going to take me three times longer to get it done. Somebody know what I'm talking about? And so he, but as a good mother, my answer would be, sure, baby, you can help, Mommy. I'm so glad because if you let them help you when you're young, they will help you when you're older. When they're older. And so he wanted to help me wash the dishes. And this time I was going to get it right. I was cooking. And so this time I was going to get it correct. So I put plastic on the floor, put the chair on the plastic, put the plastic on the chair, put the child on the chair, put the bib on the child, took out all the sharps and breakables out of the water, gave him some plastic cups so he could wash the dishes while I was standing close by. And so he washed, 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 had a grand old time. You all know that story, amen? And so he washed till he was through, Mommy, I'm done. Oh, Thank you, baby. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Kiss, kiss. And still had to clean him up, change his shirt. Had to clean up the chair, put the chair away. Had to clean up the floor, throw the stuff away. Had to wipe up the cabinets. And then I had to wash all the dishes. <laughs> and when I finished all that, the Holy Spirit said, that's what I do for you. <laughs> what are you saying? I got my master's degree. <laughs> I got awards. I got raises. I've got thank you cards. People have said I've done a good job. What are you saying? All I do is make a mess. And I heard that scripture go through my head. All of your righteousness is as. All of your righteousness stinks, folks. All your vegetarian, vegan, eating, <laughs> tithe paying, uh, being kind, passing out tracks is still a mess. You have done nothing to earn salvation. Nothing. All of your righteousness, all of your good deeds. So don't, I'm better than you because I got, I got good deeds and you don't. You look like her. I don't care how many tattoos she's got. And how many, you still look a mess. <laughs> don't you hate it? <laughs> but that's what the word says. And when he said that to me, I laughed out loud. Oh, thank you, God. It set me free. Because everything I do is a mess anyway. So my job is to be like my little boy and say... <laughs> Daddy, can I help? Isn't that the most foolish thing? The God who can speak worlds into existence and keep stars from running into each other, who, can, who, can, who knows the name of every star, who can count the grains of sand, and I say, can I help you? <laughs> and he says, sure, baby, you can help me. And so we run off to do our singing or our preaching or our witnessing. And he says, angels, Holy Spirit, Jesus, go with her. So she's getting ready to go help. 
And when we go someplace, we've got an entourage with us. Goodness and mercy shall follow us. You'll be led out and forth with peace and joy. But you have an entourage, angels, Holy Spirit. So when you go witness to somebody, it is not them. It's not you that they see. It'll be the Holy Spirit working you. Isn't that good news? Takes the burden away. You don't have to worry about what you said or didn't say. Because the Holy Spirit will interpret into them whatever was said. Isn't that good news? You don't have to beat yourself up. I should, I should. <laughs> Keep going on. Keep moving on. And so one day we're going to stand on the sea of glass. And, he, and he's going to give us a crown. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And we will take our crowns off, the Bible says. And we're going to throw them at the feet of Jesus and say, not by might nor by, by, by power, but by it was never you and me. You know what? I think grace is amazing. He does all the work around us and then gives us a present for just being there. I love him because that's love like an ocean. I read one man did it this way. He wrote a poem to his beloved and he said, I dropped a tear in the ocean. And when I find that tear again, it's when I will stop loving you. Our God says, I will never stop loving you. Behold, I've written you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are always your issues your needs your joys they're always in front of me I see you my apple of my eye you know God's love is like an ocean fast and wide and deep and we can't understand it and it's always moving no greater love no greater love do you believe that he loves you with his whole heart? <laughs> Do you believe that he loves you so much that he would give his only son for you? What will you give him in return? All he asks is for everything. I surrender all. That's what he asks for. If you're willing to surrender to him, I want you to stand with me. Father, your daughters, your sons, your children, they are committed to give you everything. They're all Oh, Father, more of you. That's what we want. We hunger and thirst after your righteousness. We're poor in spirit and we mourn for our sins. Oh, Lord, though we're persecuted, we know your kingdom is already ours. So bless your children in this place. Heal our hearts. Remind us of your vast ocean of love for us. And Lord, we want to sink in that and rest against you and hear your heartbeat. We love you for it and we praise you and then some. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.